Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. Most loving Father, we give thanks for all things and to fear nothing but the loss of you. We now cast all our care on you who care for us. Preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxiety. May no cloud of this mortal life hide from us the light of your love, which is immortal. A light which you have manifested to us in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, light of the world, who reigns with you and lives in us, uniting us all to the bond of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Holy Spirit, we offer you this service. We offer you our singing. We offer you our giving. We offer you our listening. We offer you our responding. And in all of it, may it create an opportunity for us to live more fully for you. And in that, we will give you great praise and great honor and glory because therein lies our purpose and our meaning for even living ourselves. In your precious name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. If you're visiting with us for the first time this morning, thank you so much for your visit. It's always a strange thing, I know, to end up at church because church can be an intimidating thing. It can be a weird thing. You're not sure exactly what's going to go on. I mean, you may come from a very traditional type of background where people dressed up real tight and very formal or, or they worshipped in a way that was very formal and very liturgical. Others of you may have come from a place that's really, really loosey-goosey and all over the place and you never know what's going to happen. And this is sort of kind of in the middle of all of that. And we're grateful that you're here. This is just our style, our disposition. If you're worshiping with us online, we're really grateful to have you join us through the via the internet. We're very, very pleased that you're here. You can do everything at home that you can hear and giving and singing and listening and responding. It's wonderful to have that streaming option. Also, if you're just curious about what makes this place tick, it is the mission of our church. The mission of our church is that we are dedicated to nurturing love for God. And that love leads to love for self and love for others. Because when we are nurturing love for God, it naturally results in loving other people, loving ourselves. And therefore, this is the mission of God in the world. We're grateful that you're here this morning. If you're curious about like maybe <clears throat> a smaller church venue or a smaller gathering, maybe to get to know people a little bit more intimately than in a larger setting, the gathering that we have, is, it's an eight o'clock service on Sunday morning over in the ministry center. It's called The Gathering Place and the service is called The Gathering that's where we, get, where we get together at 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings. <clears throat> it's a smaller venue. It's a little more interactive. It's a little more teaching-based. And so if you're interested in that, come check it out 8 o'clock in the morning. And for you that have created your soul health plans, I hope you're working them. Maybe you need to get it out of the drawer, bring it out, put it back on the refrigerator, and remind yourself what it is you committed to with the Lord this year for your own soul health. I hope you'll be following your plan revisiting it often and if you need or want 
more information on that, you can always go to our website, scroll to the bottom, hit Soul Health Plan. You can go to our app. You can get all the information there if you want to. The information's on the screen right now if you're interested in that. It's a great way to keep soul health in front of you. This coming Wednesday night is an opportunity for you to pray and worship with us. Uh, many of you got uh, prayer cards and praise cards when you came in. Hopefully you got two cards when you came in. One of them is a prayer and praise card. And it's an opportunity for you to share with your church what it is that you'd like prayer for. This coming Wednesday night, we're experiencing worship night. Once a month we do it. It's the, it's the Wednesday after the second Sunday. You don't have to know that, but that's generally when it occurs. I'm always announcing it. And so at service, at the end of service today, if you would like to respond spiritually, you can just bring your card up and lay it on this altar area uh, and just leave it there. We will collect them. We'll bring them on Wednesday night. And we would love for you to be here on Wednesday night to just sit and soak in God's presence. It's a beautiful experience of extended singing and prayer time, reading scripture. We have special times of prayer. We have corporate times where we pray for each other's needs. It is a fantastic opportunity. And at 5.30 this coming Wednesday, our youth group and the adults that serve in our youth group are putting on a breakfast for dinner event. I like breakfast for dinner at times, and this is a breakfast for dinner event. It's to raise support for their missions trip that's coming up in July. And if you come, spend five bucks on dinner, it'll go, all that will go towards their trip. They're uh, visiting Compassion Children. Our youth uh, group sponsors a Compassion International child. Her name is Allison. The youth group People that go are going to go visit Allison when they're in Nicaragua, and it's going to be <clears throat> a fabulous time for them. I hope you'll think about coming out early on Wednesday to have breakfast for dinner in support of our outreach in Nicaragua. Now, for you that are in Rooted, thank you for being a part of our Rooted discipleship groups. But you who have never attended Rooted, please listen to this video of encouragement. Let's take a look. I grew up in a house where like God was not a word we used a lot. Um, I would listen in class and I would hear these stories of all these crazy things that happened. You know, you, you hear Noah built an ark and brought all these animals and you hear that, you know, Jesus died on a cross and then came back. And I was like, okay, all right, great story. I, I appreciate a good story, but I didn't believe it. I came back from college like a couple years later and um, I was feeling kind of lost. I was just like, I don't know where my place is and thinking, where do I fit in, you know? I sat down one day and I was like, you know what, what's the common denominator in all of the people in my life that are happy? And I realized they all went to church. And I didn't think anything like, oh, you know, that's definitely what it is. I thought, you know, no, that's not it, being crazy. And then one day my cousin, who I'm super close to, was like, you know, why don't you come to church with us on Sunday? And so I went, and that weekend, the pastor just, I swear, he was talking straight at me. He made me laugh so hard that I almost fell out of my chair. I remember leaving and feeling a sense of peace. And I was like, you know what, this wasn't bad. Like, I don't mind coming. My cousin's husband at the time had gone through Rooted. I saw this incredible change in him. And I was like, who are you? What happened to you? And he's like, Rooted, man. I got, I, I'm telling you, it's Rooted. You got to do it. And I was like, there's no way I'm gonna go to a class on God. No, there's, I barely come to church. It's like, okay, you know, I'm gonna try it. I'll just, I'll go one week, see how it goes. We went around the room that night and we just kind of talked a little bit. And I was like, you know what, that wasn't so bad. 
go back next week. All right, I'll go. I started to feel really connected to the people and I think the moment when I was like, these are my people. One of the weeks you talk about just what you're having trouble with in your life and I just started sobbing and there's one person patting me and one person has my hand and everyone's just looking at me with this look of love and I'm thinking there are 15 people sitting here and they do nothing but love me and it's unconditional and I don't understand why and I remember thinking I, I really I love this group of people and there was this moment I looked down at my book and I was like I believe this. This isn't just a story anymore. No, I, I believe this. I'm not just saying this because I want to. I genuinely believe it. So whereas before I was feeling alone and like I really didn't have a purpose or a place, through God I have this community of people who love and care about me. I have the strength just from Him and through everyone around me and it's, it's really, it's a great feeling. Rooted is something for everyone. Someone who's been a part of a Christian faith for 30 years and others who are just brand new to it or even those that are curious and wondering about Christianity. When you have the opportunity to RSVP for our, for our Rooted groups like you do now, like in our app, there's an RSVP for Rooted. And you can go out to the Ministry Connection Desk and RSVP for Rooted. It's an opportunity for you to engage a 10-week experience that will take you into a, a greater understanding of faith and what it means to be a Christian. And I hope you'll consider doing that if you've not done it yet. Well, did you get this card as well when you came in? Make sure you can locate that. Make sure you can locate this card. We're going to need it in just a few minutes. So if you'll take that out and just make sure it's available to you, I would appreciate that. Last week, uh, Felicia uh, referenced the stewardship of time. The stewardship of time. Now, time, we are very accustomed to. We rush after it. We have a time change right now. So in just about... Oh, 25 minutes or so, there might be some more people wandering in. You know, we don't want to make them feel bad. We just welcome them in with grace and mercy and all that, so we're <laughs> thankful. Uh, so, yeah, if they didn't change their time, I mean, time is very, very important to us. Time is something critical to us. I want to talk to you today about something beyond time, and that is our talent. We all have certain talents and abilities, and I'm not sure that they're uh, necessarily God-given talent. Some people will say, what is your God-given talent? Well, I remember when my, my kids were little, maybe you remember this too, You're like as a kid growing up, you would discover these talents about yourself that you could do. Maybe it was like weird, silly human talents, you know, that you would bring to your parents. I remember my daughter running out as a little kid and saying, everybody, everybody, look, look, look. And she showed us that she could crinkle her tongue in three different little crinkles, you know, and that was her big talent, you know, that she had. And my, my son, not to be outdone when he was, he's a little bit younger than her. And so he ran out later and said, look, look everybody look what I can do and he pulled his shirt collar open and stuck his hand under his arm and well you know what happens with little boys and all that kind of stuff and he he had this tremendous amazing talent you know that he was going to to bless or whatever and everybody's got talents you know I mean I'm, I'm gonna wow you with my talent right now Roger let me have that thing here show me to rock baby all right now listen to me do not do not scream and shout and clap right away okay but I'm I'm gonna show you a little bit of my talent that I can do and I I know you'll be amazed but I just wanna I'm gonna spin this ball on my finger for the rest of the time that I preach okay 
Give me a second. I'm warming up. finger maybe all right uh, you gonna help me out with that okay all right well let's see what you got Okay, so he's going to spin the ball on his finger for the rest of the sermon. You probably could. Would you give it up for Chris? Thanks, man. You can take that back to Zealous for you. Now, I wasn't joking trying to spin that ball. I was trying to beat him. He, I knew he had that talent. I knew he was with me, but I wanted to do it for real, but I just couldn't do it. Sometimes we have talents uh, they're kind of natural abilities. That's kind of a natural ability for him. I understand, Chris, he could spin a tissue box on his finger. I mean, that's just kind of the talent that he has. And so everybody's got some kind of those talents. And God uh, supplies that throughout the whole world. I mean, every one of us has some natural talents. And then there are supernatural talents. Natural talents and abilities that we would look at and even find in Scripture would be things like teaching, things like administration. Things like music. These are all natural talents and abilities. Then there are things that we would consider from Scripture in Christian faith that are supernatural. We don't naturally have them. Like if you're going around the room and you're, you're in a class or you know, you're taking a woodworking class. And they say, let's go around the room and share something about us. Share us one of your talents. Tell us your name. Tell us the talent you have. How many people have you ever heard going around the room? Yes, my name's Stephen and I'm a worker of miracles. Nobody says that, you know. How many, uh, you know, driving classes or golf classes have you been in? You're going around and introducing yourself, telling you a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah my, name's, my name's Steve and I speak in tongues. No, nobody says that. People don't even announce that, like often in church, you know. But there are supernatural abilities that God gives to people that are more than natural. They're supernatural, whether it be prophecy or speaking in tongues or interpreting tongues or discernment or healing or miracles. Uh, you know, miraculous kind of supernatural stuff like, like playing the harmonica or, or surfing. <laughs> of course, what I do. Yeah. There, are, there are up to 25 indefinable natural and supernatural gifts. These are identifiable natural and supernatural gifts in the Bible. These talents and abilities that God says that we have naturally and we also have supernaturally. If you're a Christian, you at least have one. As a Christian, if you're thinking even about gifts that the Bible talks about, whether it's teaching or administration or mercy or hospitality or any of the supernatural giftings, whether it's healing or miracles or something along those lines, you have at least one, but nobody has all of them. That's really important, that you have at least one talent natural or supernatural, that God wants to anoint to use for his kingdom and his service. And that saying that you have a gift, saying that you are gifted in a particular area, announcing that you have a natural ability and you're using it for God, there is nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, that's being humble. 
Most people think that humility is self-deprecating. It's always, oh, no, I'm no good. Oh, no, 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 don't recognize my talent. You know, oh, no, it's okay. I, don't, don't put the light on me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, humility is in fact this. Let's put that up on the screen. Humility is the accurate assessment of one's strengths and weaknesses. It is not a wrong or a bad thing. It is not a prideful thing to say, I'm very good at that. Pr provided you are. <laughs> that you're very good at that. I'm strong in that. I have a strength in that. It's also not wrong or right to say, I'm not very good at that. I'm weak in that. That's not something that I'm very skilled at. <clears throat> Do you remember my sermon, my sermon series a couple weeks ago? It was about the secret of life from Colossians chapter 1. Can anyone tell me what the secret of life is? Christ in us. Christ in us. Via the Holy Spirit, the secret of life is that Christ is in you. Get this. Therefore, the God of the universe, the very God that created all things, the God of the universe is in you. Lives in you. And wants to use you for the sake of his kingdom. He wants to use you. He has chosen to partner with you. I said to Chris earlier in the uh, chancel room when we were talking a little bit about this illustration, and somebody said, hey, why don't you have Chris hold your finger and let him spin the ball on your finger? And as I thought about that more as I went along, I, I wasn't willing to corrupt his talent and, you know, not be able to do it, so I didn't ask him to do it. But I thought, how cool is that? It's like, like Chris would come along and hold my hand and my finger and spin the ball on it, it's like God coming alongside our talents and helping us and anointing us and being with us as we express our talent. He anoints and uses our talent for the sake of his kingdom. This is a very critical point. It's essential to the Christian experience. If you say, I'm a Christian, that means something. It doesn't just mean one day, by and by, you'll go to this place way off in the clouds. It means right now, right here, God has a mission for you. And there is often the missing piece of Christian experience is the reality that you have a talent. Whether natural or supernatural, a talent that God wants to use. And let me illustrate it by putting this slide up on the screen. Now, the idea is that we fill in the blank. We fill in the blanks. So, let's go to the first bullet. The only hands God has on earth to touch or work through are yours. Next. The only voice God has on earth to speak with is yours. Next. The only feet God has to walk with are yours. The only bank account God has to fund his mission on earth with is yours. And the only talents God has on earth to use for his mission are yours. Now you might say, I don't think so. I don't think God just has mine. Right. He wants all of ours. But he wants yours too. It's not like you can say, you know what, I really don't, uh, God doesn't really want my voice 
for him. God doesn't really want my hands for him. Let, let, let God use Tim's hands. Let God use Mike's voice. In fact, he is saying to every Christian, to every child of his, I, I want your voice. I want your hands. I want your feet. I want your bank account. I want your talents. He's saying this to everyone. And God doesn't need it, but he wants it. Can God make his own money? Yes. He can just miraculously drop $10 billion right here if he wants to. He can do that. Can God actually speak? Yes, he can. Does God, can God actually do stuff? Can he move this water? Can he, can he, can he teach a Sunday school class? He could, but he doesn't. You know why? Because in the very beginning, he said, I'm partnering with you. I'm creating this world. I'm speaking it into existence. I'm crafting all this stuff. And I want you to run it. I want you to fulfill it. I want you to manage it. That's still true today. God doesn't need you, but God wants you. God wants you so much that God won't do it without you. He won't do it without you. That's how serious he is. He won't fill the offering plate without you. He won't play the guitar without you. He won't teach the Sunday school class without you. God doesn't need another guitarist. God doesn't need another usher. God doesn't need another preacher. But God wants you to seek people as an usher. He wants you to share with people where the children's ministry is. He wants you to exercise your talent of playing guitar. He wants you to speak, to preach for him. God doesn't need another nursery worker. He can change diapers himself miraculously. And wouldn't that be great? <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if you just took your baby into the baby changing room, laid it on the table, walked out, and then the light comes on, you walk back in, and the baby's clean, and, and the diaper's put away, and everything's beautiful smelling, and you pick it up and walk out. Wouldn't that be awesome? God ain't changing no diapers without you. Listen carefully to that. He's not changing any diapers without you. He's not going to rock any babies in the nursery without you. He's not going to seat people as an usher without you. He's not going to play guitar. He's not going to get out there in your workplace and share the gospel with somebody without you. Without He's not going to do it unless you are willing for him to work through. God indeed doesn't need you, but he wants you, and he wants your talent for his mission. Can God have you and your talent? Isn't that interesting? Many of us give God ourselves, but we don't give him our talents. There's a many, many Christians in this room and all around the world that have given God their life, but not their talents. They want heaven, but they don't want to work in his kingdom. They want the benefits of Jesus' death and resurrection, but they're not doing anything to serve in his kingdom. 
They want the benefits of citizenship and membership, but they don't have the interest in working in his vineyard, in his kingdom, in his mission. But yet he's gifted and talented us for these reasons. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. You can go there in your app or look it up in your Bible, your paper Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you. This is that reference to humility, the accurate assessment of strengths and weaknesses. I'm good at this. I'm not so good at that. Just as our bodies, verse 4, have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you the gift of leadership, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend. This is so critical. Don't just pretend. Really, this is saying, don't just pretend that you love God and you don't do anything about it. Don't just pretend that you're a Christian. Don't just pretend that God loves you. Get busy. Love is a verb. It's an action. It's it's not passive. Christianity is not passive where we just receive. Christianity is active where we engage and we give. Bible scholar Douglas Moo, who contributed to the New International Version uh, Bible commentary set, he makes it plain in his study of this passage in Romans chapter 12, where he says that to live out a life of transformation like is spoken of in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let's look at that. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Verses 3 through 8 that we read a few moments ago tell us that the most important way we live out this transformation is that we do it in community. We live it out in community. Evidence of our transformation is that we are serving and working and ministering to each other and through each other in community. Christianity is not for you to take and keep as an individual product or commodity. Or experience. Christianity is for you to express and experience in community. And that means as the church gathers locally and globally, we are actively involved in serving God. This is the way that we live out Christ in us. Christ in us living it out, living Christ-likeness out in the context of a church experience. This is the family, the sole family of God. What good, Paul is saying, is Christ in you having all this transformative power and work? What good is Christ in you if you're not making a positive impact on Christ's body, the church, through your talents, 
through your natural abilities. He created us to be better together. Do you know that the very first thing that God says in the Bible is bad is when people are alone? God said, everything's good, everything's good, everything's good, everything's good, this is bad. This is bad because people are alone. When anyone's alone, it's a bad thing. He created us to live together, to live in community, and that means that we cooperatively engage in communion, a common unity. We see it in the New Testament church in the very beginning. What did they do? They, they gathered together uh, to go to the temple. They gathered together in each other's homes. And they sold everything. And they pulled it all together in order to live in commune. Community. A common unity. Ultimately, loving union with Christ is inextricably linked to loving union among each other. This is how we love each other, by, by leveraging our talents on behalf of each other and on behalf of God's mission in the world. And this is not just nice religious talk or religious theory. This is actively living out our loving union with Christ by loving each other well with our talents and our natural abilities. It's what it means to be human. In the very beginning, when God created the world, he said, I want to partner with you. I want you to join with me so that we can accomplish my will on earth as it is in heaven. This is our partnership. He's inviting you into the process, and he ain't going to do it without you. Could he have? Yes, but he decided not to. He's in partnership with us. The same as it was then, it is now. You are invited into partnership with God. Anyone who becomes a Christian... He's going to get active. He's naturally gifted you. He has supernaturally gifted you. For the purpose of what? For the purpose of serving as the kingdom. For the purpose of pouring into his will done on earth. I'll get to that specifically in just a moment. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Look at, look at how he describes these gifts. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same spirit is the source of them all. Get that. God's a giver of gifts. There are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. God works in different ways. But it is the same God who works in all of us. Now skip to verse 27. All of you who are Christ's body, get it, all of you Christians who are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of his body. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. Apostles prophets, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can serve and help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Are we all servants? Or do we all do miracles? Do we have the gift of healing every one of us? Do we all speak in unknown tongues? Do we have the ability to interpret unknown tongues? Of course not. But we're all in this together. That's why we're a body. That's why in other places, you, the hand can't say to the foot, I got no need of you. The eye can't say to the, to the uh, knee, I have no need of you. That's why the lung can't say to the liver, we don't need you. We're all in this body together. And when the liver says, I'm just going to be myself, I'm not contributing anymore. What, what happens? We get sick, don't we? 
What, what happens when our eye decides, you know what, I, I want to see my own way. I'm not seeing the way the brain's telling me anymore. And this eye's looking over here and this eye's looking that way. It's a problem, isn't it? We want corrective vision because we want unity. We want our body to be in sync. And this is exactly what the Lord is saying with his own body, the church. He's saying, I've naturally gifted you. I've given eyes out and ears out and hands out and feet out and money out and, and resources and talents and guitarists and teachers and, and ushers and greeters and preachers and singers. And I've given all that out. Use it for the sake of my body. God indeed doesn't need you, but he wants you and your talent for his mission. He won't do it without you. He won't do it without you. God, can God have your talent? He might have you, but does God have your talent? I'll tell you a story from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Some of you might remember this story. <clears throat> it's when Eli, the old prophet, was getting older, and so he got Samuel to be his protege, if you will, his up-and-coming uh, temple servant, his up-and-coming pastor or priest or whatever you want to call it. And so Samuel, uh, Eli went to bed, and Samuel went to bed, and then Eli thinks he hears Samuel. He, he actually is hearing the Lord. The Lord says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel jumps up and runs into Eli and says, what do you want? And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And then Samuel goes back to bed and he jumps up and hears the, the, the Lord speaking, Samuel, Samuel, and he runs into Eli and says, what do you want? And, and Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And so he went back to bed. And after this happened a few times, Eli, it dawns on him, oh, the Lord is speaking to Samuel. The Lord has something for Samuel to do. So I, as the prophet, am telling the follower of Jehovah, Listen and do what God says. In this relationship this morning, I'm Eli, you're Samuel. I'm just simply telling you, the Lord's talking to you. The Lord's talking to you. You may be sleeping right through it, but if you'll wake up, if you'll pay attention, if you'll open yourself up, the Lord is talking to you. He may be speaking to some of you right now to actually repent, to turn around, to stop living without God and start living with God. Maybe some of you are here today and the Lord is speaking to you and you feel it and you sense it and you know he wants you to become one of his children. He wants you to, to repent. He wants you to turn to him. He wants you to give your life to him. Right now, that's happening. And there are many of you here today who have already given your life to him. But he's speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit is calling out, Mike, Mike, Sarah, Sarah, Tracy, Tracy, Rick, Rick. You don't have to come running to me to find out what's going on. I just want to turn back to you and say, listen to the Lord. Open yourself up and just do what he tells you to do. Because I bet you he wants to talk to you about your talents and your abilities and the fact that you are his partner in all of this. The question isn't, does the Lord want to use your talents? The question is, what? Who? Where?
Would you take this card out and look at it? This is an opportunity for you just to wonder about this. This is an opportunity for you to sit with this card and ask the Lord, what, Lord? Who, Lord? Where, Lord? So first of all, what? Like these are just some generic divisions of the church. Some areas of ministry, whether it be music and media or whether it be children or youth or adults or whatever it might be. These general categories are there. There's also an IDK category. What does that mean? I don't know. If you want to know, maybe the Lord will use someone else to speak to you. So I'm recommending you contact Christy if, if, if you're in that category. Like, I'm not really sure. I'm not, I don't really know what's going on. So for this first response song, and every Sunday at Heritage, we have some opportunity for response. We take time to just kind of wonder about what the Lord's talking to us about. And today, I've told you that He wants not only you, He wants your talents as well. He wants your natural talents and your supernatural talents. He, he wants to identify them in your life. He wants to anoint them in your life. He wants to activate them for his kingdom and his purposes. He wants to partner with you. So during this first song, I'm just asking you to sit with this card. And maybe on the back, you want to write out some other notes that the Lord's talking to you about. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. I want you to ask, what talent would you like to give to him? Where would you like to use that talent? And you know what? Maybe you're thinking right now, oh my gosh, Steve, you don't even know my life. My life is so busy. It's so jam-packed full. I don't have time to serve the Lord right now. I don't have time. I don't have time to get invested and use my talents for his mission. I'm barely holding it together. I've got work and I've got soccer practices and dance recitals and homework and household chores and hobbies. And it's all spoken for, Steve. I don't have any more time. And I'm saying, tell them that. Just tell them that. Don't flinch. He knows you're thinking it already. Just sit there in the Lord's presence and say, okay, Jesus, I don't, I don't have any time right now. I know I got talents. I don't, I don't, I don't have any time. Tell him face to face, person to person. Just say it. It's okay. None of this is about shaming you or trying to leverage you into some kind of serving in the church in some way. This is an invitation. This is an invitation. This is not me saying, hey, we got holes in our program, we got a plug. This is not that at all. This is me saying, every single one of you that are following Jesus is called to leverage your talent for the Lord. Every one of you. This is not about shaming. It's about inviting you into everything that you were created for. In the very beginning, listen to this quote. In the very beginning, the Bible tells the story that God created people as partners for God's expansion of his kingdom. Listen to this in Genesis 1, 26 and 28. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the cattle and yes, earth itself. 
and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. And so God created human beings and he created them godlike. They reflected God's nature. He created them male and female and he blessed them and he, and he said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air and every living thing in the whole face of the earth. Isn't that amazing? And you're thinking, me? Yes, you and me. There, nothing has changed. Nothing's changed since that moment. Theologians call this the cultural mandate. Yes, the fall occurred, but it's still God's plan for you to subdue the earth, to rule and reign over it, to honor Him with your talents and abilities, to display His glory before all the earth, to live lives of character of Christ-likeness, to shine forth the Christ in you to the world and live like it, and to exercise your talents and abilities to accomplish His mission. There still is this plan. The plan hasn't changed. It's the same today as it was then. Different context. The world isn't perfect anymore like it was then, but we are still called to fill the earth with God's glory. And that means your little part in your little world with your little talent, your little ability. And collectively we gather together as the church that God's created to partner with him to the expansion of the kingdom. Now listen to me. I know, I know what's going on in your mind right now. What's going on in your mind is the same thing that's going on in my mind. Uh, Steve, I, I thought God was created for me and my kingdom. I thought God was created so that I could have a really great life, so that I could advance in my promotion, so that I could be comfortable and have things convenient for me, so that my kids would be healthy and I would be healthy and I would have a smooth retirement. I thought that's what God was interested in. Not that he's not, but there's a bigger mission here. There's a bigger mission beyond you and your kingdom. But we are often so consumed with me and my kingdom that we forget that we were created for him and his, not me and mine. And we forget that. Here's the corrective. The corrective is this. God has created you and me with talent to partner with Him for the expansion of His kingdom. And that means using your talent to serve the mission of His body. That's what it means. So I want to invite you during this first song as we sing that you'll just sit with this card, you'll write notes, you'll think about, you'll brainstorm, you'll wonder. And then afterwards, we'll, we'll take the next song and resolve the service. So come on, church. Let's just sit, let's just sing, and let's respond. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You pierce my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. What's he saying? Here's my heart, Lord. Speak.
important for me today for you to recognize that there are likely many of you today who are looking at this and you're saying well I serve here and I serve there and gosh I serve here too and many of you are already activating many of your talents for the Lord and so you've already responded you've not only given them your heart but you've given them your administration you've given them your music you've given them your teaching really I'm, I'm speaking to those here today that have given the Lord their heart but you've not necessarily given the Lord your talent and so during this time as the spiritual response team is in place up here if you want to come and pray about anything Rick's here available for you Desiree's available for you Paul's got communion over here if you want to come and share in one of our communions. Paul, one of our elders, is here. Joan's here to pray with you. If there's anything on your heart at all, you're welcome to join these folks in the altar and say, pray with me. If you just want to come up and put a prayer request down, 
Put your prayer and praise card down. You can do it right here on the altar as an act of saying, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm bringing this to you. You can spend time down here praying if you want. But right now, with that talent card, I'm just asking you to say, Lord, is there anything you're speaking to me about? How I activate my service for you. How can I serve your kingdom more? How can I serve your church better? How can I be more engaged? And then making sure you mark that and you take that and you respond to that. You send somebody an email. You make a phone call. But right now, let's open up generally for spiritual response and bring your prayer cards. Come and pray. Share in communion. Let's sing this last song to the Lord and you respond as he's leading you. Come on, church. Let's do that together.